0: Thank you, Whitney. Excited to be here.
1: No, I'm glad to have you on the show. Jack began his entrepreneurial journey at 19. He founded his first company at the ripe old age of 21. Wow, that's awesome. Get started at that age. Operating a successful nutrition and consulting and distribution company, he had built a multi-million dollar venture before he was old enough to rent a car. Wow, that's impressive. But soon thereafter, he bought his first home as an investment. One quickly became five, and then the bug hit. He became obsessed with learning everything about real estate investing and soon had over 50 investment properties generating passive income. Today Jack spends his time mentoring other entrepreneurs, building a real estate investment portfolio and helping other investors to build a brighter future through the power of turnkey real estate income. So Jack, you know, give the listeners a little more about where you're at and you know, where you're from and and what your focus is right now.
0: Yeah. Well, right now where I'm at is, and I and I think of this in terms of the reason why we want to play the real estate game is to create lifestyle. So we're actually, I'm with my family at the Outer Banks in North Carolina. I've never been here. It's unbelievably beautiful. And I was just throwing a bunch of kids around in the pool. And then I get out, run up, say, yep, let's hit it. Let's just do the podcast, do some real estate. And then I'll go back to throwing them in the pool again. And, you know, it's all about being able to design and create an extraordinary life. And that, you know, as my one of my mentors, the great Jim Rohn said, that it doesn't happen by chance. It happens by design. So when you're looking at what you're going to do in real estate, right, it's all about like thinking about, okay, what am I really after? So for me, my end goal is always passive income. That was it. Total, like all in, I want to create passive income so that I can do whatever I want when I want to do it. So I started in business entrepreneurialism back when I was 19. I started a nutrition company or as a distributor in a nutrition company. And so I was working out of my actually selling product out of my dorm room and built that. It took a couple of years to gain some traction. But by around my junior year, I was making more money doing that than my college professors. And uh, it was crazy. I got a C in marketing class, right? And I had a marketing million dollar business going (laughs) (laughs) Still to this day, I I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand what, what happened, what went wrong there. But when I got out of college, you know, I just continued to build that business. It's grown over the years. It's still to this day, an incredible opportunity business. And then I was looking for a place to invest my excess cash. You know, it's what Robert Kiyosaki said in the Rich Dad Poor Dad series of books, build a business, create excess cash flow from that business. And then invested into real estate. So that's when I started looking into real estate about, oh, I'd say four or five years ago.
1: Wow. Okay. But you know, How did you have the confidence to jump into, you know, the entrepreneurial journey at 21? You know, you're in college, you know, you mentioned you're a junior and you're making more at this business, you know, than your professor. But, you know, I didn't have, you know, really, I wasn't raised around entrepreneurs. So it was kind of eye opening when I started learning about just the possibilities, you know, that are out there. What was that for you? Did you have a mentor or coach when you were a teenager or what gave you or was it just that you've seen an avenue here to create some wealth?
0: You know, my uncle was very entrepreneurial. He had three businesses. I mean, he had a, you know, farmed 500 acres. He had a tent table chair business. He had an insurance business. And he was wealthy. I mean, you know, when he passed, I mean, multi-multi-millionaire. So I think that he rubbed off on me quite a bit. And then my mom, she taught me like the good old-fashioned farm work ethic, you know. She had all these, you know, sayings that she would like drill into me about, you know, how hard work pays off, many hands make light work, you know, and all these different sayings. And so when I put the two together, it was just a really powerful combination. You know, I had the wealthy, you know, rich dad, so to speak. And then I had my mom that was giving me the fundamentals to be successful, you know, at a young age. So that's really probably how it all started. I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't, Know that it would kind of hit me that quick. But when opportunity knocks, like you got to, you know, you got to jump on it. And at that time, for whatever reason, I was just, you know, it was just the right time, I was ready to go.
1: Wow. But you operated, I guess, another business. But then you it was, what did you say, four or five years ago that the real estate bug hit you? That then, you know, you really knew that real estate was something you wanted to pursue.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it was a couple of very frustrating events that happened. I bought a stock and we were writing options and I was making really good money and it was an oil, actually it's called InterOil, and I was doing really well. My financial planner was, you know, we kept writing the options on it and we kept making money and then one day it just dropped like a rock and I, it wiped away everything that we had just, you know, worked for, all the gains over the past, you know, 24 months And then another episode happened where I bought a stock and knowing, and I knew that the company's sales were strong. I knew it was going to be a great, you know, quarter earnings call. And another hedge fund manager called in on the earnings call, David Einhorn, and he's noted notably for, you know, shorting stocks. Well, he asked three questions that indicated that he was shorting the stock. The stock plummeted and I had just bought up a bunch of it. And I thought to myself, well, what am I doing playing this game there where I have no control over any of these types of outcomes? I I don't want to play this roller coaster game the rest of my life. I, I just don't. So I wanted to learn the game of real estate so that I understand that the variance level of how it, you know real estate works, if you buy right and smart, then you know you you can pretty well predict what you're gonna make on that investment. Of course, we know. Things are variable vacancies and maintenance and repairs and CapEx, of course, but we could also be predicting those and allocating for those in our future projections so that when they do hum- come, they're not like, oh, wow, surprise, shock, right? I have the, all these expenses. So I wanted to play this game just because so I, I wanted to have something more stable and that I could count on each month and be in control of, not be at the whims of somebody else.
1: So tell me about moving, you know, from those five investments to the 50. You know, how did you grow? You know, what was that thought process then and you know, what was that time frame like?
0: Yeah, I used a lot of different avenues. I did a home equity line of credit and pulled out a bunch of funds out of our house that had, you know, had gone up in value very quickly. I, you know, I borrowed some private money from a you know, a couple of wealthy guys that I knew. I mean, I used obviously I make good money in my own business, so I use my own cash to buy. Then I did a cash out refinance, so that pretty much, you know, on 15 units that I got all the money back out plus then some. So then I just, you know, used that to buy more properties. So it was just a it was a combination of different things that I did, and yeah, it happened pretty quick. And then it was right around that time where I started um, buying up that I started selling too because I was so excited about the returns. So I I started selling the properties as well as you know buying up my own portfolio. And that created a lot of cash to where I was able to buy more faster. So in our first twelve months I sold like five million in cash deals, transactions closed. And that created, you know, some nice income to where I could, you know, I could parlay that into more buying and hold.
1: Nice. So, you know, you grew your business quickly, you learned this real estate game, you know, getting out of the stock market, and which I obviously think is a great decision. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so what do you see now? Now, you know, you're doing a lot of turnkey. And how do you see this business growing moving forward? Yeah,
0: you know, we definitely have tightened up our processes quite a bit over the last 12 to 24 months. When I first started buying up, property, it turned out the original supplier, like the first guy that I bought from and met in the Indianapolis market, he turned out to be rather unscrupulous. And so there was just a lot of things that were hidden from us. There were fake leases, fake rents being paid out, rehabs that weren't, you know, really being done or done at any sort of quality. So we had to end up going back and investing a lot of money back into those properties once the wheels came off to, you know, to fix you know, the, the mess that we, <laughs> we were given probably attracted somehow, right? So, I, I mean, I, I take full 100% responsibility for everything that happens in my life. So, I'm not going to blame somebody else, right? But at the same time, anything that bad that happens to you, I mean, you can turn that into a good thing if you look for it. And, you know, enough time goes by where you can look back and see what the lesson that you needed to learn. But it really caused us to just look at our model and just really, really like tighten it up, and to just to make sure like this sort of stuff never happens again. So we double inspections on all of our properties. We do one when we acquire the property. We do one once the rehab's completed, and for two reasons: number one, to keep our construction teams honest, because they—if you they know it's going to You give them too much, they'll start taking it, and then they'll start to kind of like you know, do less and less quality of work. So we want to make sure that, hey, look, hey guys, we know what you're doing. Here you go. Here's a third party inspector. They're coming in and they're going to show us what quality of work you're doing. If you want to keep getting jobs from us, like these reports, when you're done, better look pretty darn good, right? And then the other part of it is that we wanted to get ahead of the game with our investors and be fully transparent. Not every investor orders an inspection from us, And we know that that isn't even in the past and that's even caused problems because then if the property, if something goes wrong later, then they're, you know, they're going to come back at us even though they didn't order the inspection, right? So we want to make sure that fully transparent, they know everything about the property, third party, independent, you know, like I said, independent inspector on our payroll. And we want to provide that upfront to them so that when they buy the property, it's a much easier, more streamlined buying decision.
1: That's interesting that to have the, the two inspections. I mean, I know that's something that, that we could even apply uh, just as returning units or, you know, just even if it's not, you know, like you said, it, somebody on our payroll, but even but to have a third party that's going to go behind the contractor just to ensure that we've got what we paid for, right? I mean, when we're if we're turning over, you know, 100 units, 200 units, then obviously that just it's very repetitive, but I can see, you know, just the sometimes the value getting less, right? You know, after that many units. And so I like that. And we've had, you know, we'll do other inspections, but I like the idea of having a third party as well.
0: Yeah, it's really been a game changer. We always, you know, go back to, I always go back to, I think it was the great president, Ronald Reagan said, you know, trust, but verify. (laughs) So that's what we're, we're trusting that you're going to do good work because we're hiring you, but we want to verify exactly what you actually did.
1: So tell me about your team.
0: Yeah, we have. Okay, so there's two partner companies. So there's high return real estate, we're the sales and marketing, and we provide all the financial capital to be able to acquire all the properties. So then, and our job is really to market and sell the properties. And then Urban House is our sister company. Those two are, so Shecky, Jeff Schechter, aka Shecky, uh, I think he was on your show. He and I are the partners in high return real estate. And then, and we definitely have very distinct personalities, which is awesome. Like we complement each other very well. And then Urban House Property Management Group, they do all the acquisitions, the rehabs and the property management. And so the two of us, you know, we're totally intertwined. I mean, it might as well just be one company because we're producing and selling the product all together as one team. And then we have two office girls and then we have eight construction teams that we deploy out to rehab properties and do maintenance. So it's a pretty nice operation. I mean, not a gigantic company, but you know, we can definitely we're producing anywhere from right now 10 approximately new properties per month.
1: Wow. That's a good system if you're doing that many. Yeah. So did you all know that you had these complementary skills before you partnered?
0: Well, you know, Shecky was my digital marketing coach for my nutrition company. That's how we first met he was in austin and i live here in michigan and we met through some you know facebook advertising where they were marketing their companies you know consulting and digital products so i got to see like the way his brain thinks and i knew it definitely was more systematized more procedural more organized and he's very tune to details my personality is more like what do they say ready fire aim i think i fire And then I get ready and then then I aim, right? So like, I'm just like, let's go, let's get this done. And it's not, I think, much more like he thinks big picture, but I can see maybe how all the component parts of the whole picture kind of come together and the personnel. I put together almost all the the team together that we have currently. So, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal partnership when you can complement each other like that.
1: Yeah. I agree. Very important. Very important that you don't have the same skill sets. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, what about, you know, as far as being able to grow, are you all happy with your growth where you're at now? Are you planning to do larger deals? Are you planning to increase your team? What does it look like years down the road? Well, how much money
0: is enough? Just a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) How much growth is enough? Just a little bit more. Right. So, yeah, we're definitely not satisfied by any stretch with where we're at we you know we understand in this game like systems are in order for us to scale like systems are it's everything you know so that's what we're really trying to dial in you know even more is you know when you have two different companies still that are working together you know we're not always dialed in together so we're just really trying to work at how do we dial in so that it's a smooth seamless transition you know, with from each of the stages of the property, post-sale issues that are come up inevitably on properties to take care of our investors. How is that going to continually trying to strive to provide a more seamless experience for our investors? And we keep getting better. Just last week, we hired a VA, Jade. She's incredible. She calls all the tenants in C-Class, which you need to stay on top of C-Class tenants. They definitely, they need a little bit more hand-holding than than some of the other tenant classes, you know, and then there's incredible yields in this particular class, but you you really got to be on top of collections. Well, she calls and texts the tenants every single day if they're late until they pay. And that's our collections, best they've ever been since she started. So we're looking at things, you know, just like that, that we can do, that we can add in pieces to keep getting it better. But Overall, I mean, our goal ultimately, we want to be at 20 deals every month that are, you know, completed, gone through all the processes, leased up performing assets and closed transactions. And we got a long way to go to be able to hit that.
1: Wow. Well, you know, I was going to ask you what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours, but maybe you would say hiring that VA. Yeah. But, you know, is there any any other way that you've improved your business or anything that's been a big help or game changer recently?
0: Okay. So, we instituted a 32 point checklist with our rehab teams, but better than that is that they all have an iPad. So when they're out in the field, you know, they just check the iPad off of what the scope of work that they did on the property. And then once they hit complete, automatically uploads that into our investor folder. So now, I mean, <laughs> Getting sometimes pieces of information out from the field, especially contractors, that is, can be like pulling teeth. I mean, it's it's very, so it doesn't sound like it should be difficult, but it really is. Because I mean, they're out solving problems and, and they're grinding and, and they're, you know, they're the myriad of things that are thrown at them throughout the day, I get it, but at the same time, in order to keep the funding going and to sell properties, like we need this piece of data, right? So we were just trying to figure out how to get this flowing more seamlessly from them in the field to us, you know, in our investor folder so that, boom, like we can submit that and be transparent to our investors because they all want to see the scope of work, what was done to the property, you know, what am I looking at cap X wise, right? So that was another, I think, pretty small, but, you know, significant type of change that's really helped.
1: Is there a specific program you use you know, to do it electronically and it automatically share it to a share drive?
0: Yeah, it's a program called Monday. It's, it's a software...
1: Oh, task management software.
0: Yeah, exactly. Task management. You're right. And it just... I don't know the tech side. That's Colin's side of it. So he programmed it somehow to where it just uploads right into that system. And I don't know how he does it. He, it's like magic to me. So, as
1: long you know. as it works. As right. long as it works. That's right. <laughs> What's your best advice for caring for investors?
0: Well, I think that, you know, we we look at this game as we know that ultimately that the investor's ROI is, that's what matters, right? They want two things, an investor. They want, number one, they want the ROI as high as they can get it, right? They want consistency with the ROI. They don't want a massive up and down. And we get it, we understand that. We feel the same way, that's what we want to deliver. And then they want communication. They want to know, like, what's going on, if anything, that's going on on their properties, right? So, you know, we're hiring, you know, additional staff in order to beef up communication. You know, we're instituting, you know, in addition to like what we talked about with Jade doing collections, implementing other procedures to try to improve and smooth out the performance. And we're upping the parameters of all of our tenant base in terms of what they need to do to be able to qualify, to be able to, you know, rent out our properties. Again, in C-Class, you can't be too strict or your property will sit vacant for months. So there's a fine kind of middle balance that you got to really make sure that you're cognizant of and that you're kind of playing the game in the middle, not letting any warm body, but not, you know, expecting a perfect credit score either. Right. And then. Ultimately, I think if you care about the experience of the tenants, you know, then the investors will actually will get taken care of. So it all, everything kind of goes down to making sure that the tenants have a good quality functional property that you're on top of them for, you know, making sure that they hold them accountable to pay their monthly rent. And if the tenants are happy and they're getting a, you know, functional house that's nice to live in, they're going to keep paying their rent. Boom, investor ROI is going to be consistent. They're going to be happy. Everything works, right? So we have two clients. We really do. We have tenant clients and we have investor clients. So we have to balance you know, the needs of both.
1: That's right. And so, Jack, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Teams.
0: So, both companies, nutrition company did, we're probably on track for 12, 13 million in sales in that business this year. That does about a million plus a month in sales. And the whole key to that is the team that I put around me. They're awesome, awesome people. And all of them have different skill sets, personalities, competencies, and other areas than me. But really, I think in, in high return real estate and what we put together with this company, it's the team. And so I feel like there's a lot of things I'm not really good at that I don't understand how to do. I'm not technologically inclined but I know how to put the right person, I feel like, in place to get the job done. So you've got to be able to have, look at all the different component parts of of what your team that you need to have, and then empowering them and giving them the latitude to do what they do best. Also making sure that they have financial compensation or financial, you know, the reward is going to be worth the effort that they put in to be part of your team. So, yeah, teamwork all the way that's the only way to scale up a great company.
1: And Jack, I really appreciate your time today. You've been a fantastic guest, but before we go, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you.
0: Yeah, it's our website is highreturnrealestate.com. It's got everything there about our company. We put some videos on there. Actually, we just recorded a new webby that explains, you know, the overview of what we do. If there anyone is interested in, you know, looking at the properties that we offer, we typically as of right now this recording you know it could change as the market continues to get you know more and more competitive but our properties are you know typically netting out around 10 to 11% cash flow that's on a pure cash purchase not with leverage obviously with leverage we know that will be boosted significantly so we provide that's why we're called high return real estate we're providing high returns to our investor base and Yeah. So if they're interested in looking at our properties, go book a call with Nicole. She's the head of our investor relations, and you can find her right on our website and book a call right there.
1: Awesome. Thank you again, Jack. I appreciate your time today.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Whitney. It was a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital.